Welcome to the podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my YouTube channel, Bio Soul Integration. There, my goal is to help you integrate body and soul, to help you feel completely, express fully, and live authentically. I'm your host, Dr. Jay Eaker. Let's get into it. Today, I want to talk, the main thing that I want to talk about is how to ground Kundalini for those who probably uh, are experiencing, you know, a kund- an uncomfortable Kundalini awakening and the symptoms that go along with that. Uh, the main, you know, the best way to, uh, the best thing to do about those symptoms is to ground Kundalini. And I want to talk about that in this video, uh, you know, in getting there, I do want to talk about a few things in general, uh, some good information about Kundalini Awakening to help uh, set that up. But the main focus of this video is uh, Kundalini, how to ground Kundalini. And uh, if you're someone who already knows all of, all there is to know about Kundalini, you might want to check out the, the chapters thing and just fast forward right to the, the how to ground um, Kundalini. But uh, my name is Jay Eaker. Uh, here at the BioSoul Integration Center in Louisville, Colorado, and I help soul-led people to integrate their soul's gifts and their soul's essence into these physical bodies so they can share them, share their soul's gifts and their soul's essence on this uh, physical plane and serve people with those. So if uh, you uh, please, uh, please subscribe to my channel here on YouTube or wherever you find it. You might find it on a podcast. You might find it on Facebook uh, and other places, but uh, please subscribe to my channel, hit the like button, uh, share this with people who might be interested, and uh, there's that little bell notification they talk about. If you want to get notified of other videos when I make a video, hit that bell notification and they'll let you know when I'm making another video. Uh, if you uh, have had, I'm interested, if you've had a Kundalini experience yourself, uh, or have an interesting story around that, um, please make a comment in the comment section. I'd love to hear, you know, hear from you and interact with you there. So first of all, before I get down to the, uh, you know, how to ground out Kundalini, I want to talk about what a Kundalini awakening is in the first place. And, you know, I feel like there's probably that when we get down to it, that it would be hard to sort of differentiate a Kundalini awakening from any sort of, uh, you know, spiritual awakening that we might have. Uh, you know, there, it might be the, the context that an awakening happens in. Maybe it happens if it happens at a Kundalini yoga class or, a, a breathing, you know, exercise designed to wake up Kundalini energy. And then you have some sort of an awakening Well, you might, automatically you might you know assume that it's a, a kundalini awakening and um and or you know kundalini awakening maybe has comes with it certain sensations in the body a, a sensation of energy moving in the body that might that might automatically sort of um, compel you to say you know it's a kundalini awakening but like i said um you know any sort of awakening, sort of spiritual awakening, it's going to involve kundalini, probably, and vice versa. And so, you know, in, in any case, what's happening with an awakening of any sort is that, you know, we have a sort of sense of self, sort of like an identity. There's a whole set of kind of rules and limitations and, um, you know, that we put on ourselves uh, you know, ways that we understand what all this is, what life is, 
and who we are inside of it and what our relationship to life is. You know, am I a, am I a chiropractor? You know, that comes with a whole identity. And when that identity, if we're, you know, adhere, adhere to that identity and when it's challenged, that can be, you know, uncomfortable. Are we a, a mother? Are we a father? Are we a, a Christian? Are we a, you know, Buddhist? You know, there's all sorts of, there can be all sorts of meaning that, all sorts of meaning that we put on those, those things. And an awakening is really us connecting with uh, a larger, you know, spiritual part of ourselves that actually is sort of more fundamental than all of those different identities, all those different smaller identities that we might adopt or that we might be born into. And um, that kind of, you know, threatens to connecting with that larger spiritual self kind of threatens to, you know, threatens those smaller identities, threatens to uh, uh, dissolve them. And that's what an awakening is. It's the dissolving of a sense of self, a dissolving of these identities. And there's also a bunch of physical things that go along with all these identities. There's a way that we're holding ourselves. There are parts of ourselves that we've pushed away. We're fragmenting ourselves. We're pushing certain parts away uh, and uh, holding you know, other parts of ourselves judging parts as bad and other parts as good and and there's a whole sort of honeycomb of way that we've sort of sequestered certain parts of ourselves we've redirected life the movement of energy in our bodies we've um holding our posture a certain way you know all these we're, we're holding physical tension in our bodies to sort of maintain there's all this energy that we end up using to sort of maintain these identities in our bodies you know it's not a, a complete expression of who we are it's a kind of fragmented um expression of who we are and we ha- and it takes energy and resources to maintain those identities in the face of you know cuz there's a way in which life it, you know, fragmenting ourselves and, and, and sort of limiting ourselves in, in, in those identities actually goes against the nature of nature. So there's a way in which life is constantly sort of nudging us towards our evolution and nudging us to connect with our larger spiritual self and, you know, nudging us to dissolving those smaller identities. And it's just that an awakening, you know, usually they happen in, you know, gradually, but there are times when it happens in one big chunk or a bigger chunk and um, that suddenly threatens those identities, suddenly frees up the energy that's bound, all the energy that we're using to maintain those identities. And um, you know, that can be that can be uncomfortable or it could be interesting at the very least, shall we say. Uh, so, you know, what is a, a kundalini energy specifically? You know, as energy is released in our spine, it might be labeled as kundalini energy, and probably to some degree that's true. Uh, kundalini energy is said to be sort of like it's it's often uh, pictured as a snake, you know, that's coiled up that sits at the base of our spine, and uh, kundalini awakening is a way in which that you know that that snake that bound that coiled snake sort of uh, illustrating that it is potential energy. It's a you know about to strike. In a certain way, it's about to to spring. Uh, that this 
kundalini energy's potential energy that's bound, that's you know resting, that's dormant at the base of our spine, and when it decides to wake up, it moves through uh, these different you know chakras or energy centers in our you know, at different parts of our spine that are often associated with different aspects of our being and associated with our evolution. And when kundalini energy moves through those those uh, energy centers, it can start to affect our, you know, it can speed up and really affect our, our, our evolution. Uh, and so, you know, a next sort of obvious question would be like, well, what triggers a kundalini awakening? And so there are a number of different things, but uh, you know, number one, like if you're doing some sort of kundalini uh, practice, kundalini exercise, of course, like yoga or some breathing exercise, uh, it can, you know, definitely do what it's supposed to do, which is wake up kundalini energy. Uh, you know, other healing techniques that we might encounter, whether it's energy work or, you know, it could be as simple as massage or like the work that I'm doing here, things that are more geared towards sort of waking up consciousness, whether it's just regular chiropractic or network chiropractic or what I do here called bio-soul integration. Those things can definitely, you know, create a, a movement of the energy, the potential energy that's kind of laying dormant in our bodies, uh, meditation, anything that we do to sort of like, um, you know, wake up consciousness could create a Kundalini awakening, but also, um, trauma, you know, often, uh, it could be trauma that sort of causes, uh, an awaking up of any sort and, or an awakening, a Kundalini awakening, like an accident. Um, you know, certainly when I was, uh, when I was young, I had this ATV accident where I flipped an ATV on myself and there was a moment during that accident where I sort of like saw you know time stopped and uh, I recognized this as a moment where you know I could die or be seriously injured and I feel like that was a you know and that because of that act I did obviously I didn't die uh, but my, my body did get you know kind of roughed up and my dad ended up taking me to a chiropractor and I experienced some things at this chiropractor. I experienced a sort of light sort of expanding in my body. And, um, you know, I think that was as much about the trauma of the accident as it was the chiropractor, chiropractic work, but something got woke up and, and it was a turning point in my life. And so, uh, accidents of various sorts, can trigger a kundalini awakening illnesses and of course like if we you know experience hard stuff growing up like abuse or if there's uh, mental illness or say like alcoholism in the family and those things uh you know in the people that i've worked with it's common that people who talk about kundalini energy kundalini awakening often they have had some sort of um trauma childhood trauma uh, as far as their families go, whether that's abuse or whether that's just, again, sort of some strangeness, mental illness or something going on in their families. And that's because, uh, especially with abuse, you know, there's a way in which we can tend to sort of disassociate from the painful things or the confusing things that are happening in our body uh, during those events. And that kind of sets up a, sets up a pattern or sets up a, you know, sets up a, um, pathway in our body where we are not so apt to let our attention rest 
in our bodies where we're, we're sort of more dissociated from our body and that can kind of become a normal thing. Um, and then, you know, in the other cases where there's maybe alcoholism or drug abuse or mental illness or something, we're, we're sort of in our family, we're sort of constantly navigating the strangeness of our family members, you know, trying to navigate their moods and try to steer clear maybe of any consequences that might come unexpectedly. And so again, we're spending a lot of time with our attention resting outside of our body. And that becomes a, again, a pathway where we're not sort of, or in a pattern where we're not letting our attention rest in our bodies. And if your attention is resting outside of your body, there's a way in which you are, you might, you might be more connected to the sort of spiritual, you know, the parts of us, the parts of our field that are more spiritual in nature, our upper mental field, our soul fields, because uh, there's information in the fields outside of our body. And if our attention is outside of our body, there's a way in which we're apt to um, connect to those fields and that part of our uh, that part of ourselves. Um, yeah. So also there is, you know, uh, things that can do that to have our, to create sort of space in our system, spaciousness or have, uh, create sort of, a, a relaxing around, you know, being so, you know, really anchored in these bodies is any, uh, psychoactive medications that we might take prescription or otherwise psychedelics, um, and there's of course, like plant medicine, like ayahuasca and all the other sort of plant medicines, they can certainly create these trigger a Kundalini awakening. And then, you know, there is just kind of a, what, what could be called spontaneous Kundalini awakening. And I think, which, you know, which tries to describe an awakening where there's no apparent you know, cause, or there's no apparent trigger. And on some level, all of these things that I've sort of listed here, you know, whether it's Kundalini practices or some healing technique or meditation or trauma, um, or medications or plant medicine or whatever, uh, those could all be considered spontaneous Kundalini awakenings and some, to some degree, because on some level I would say none, you know, if it happens, it's not a mistake. Uh, life and our bodies are not screwing with us. There is a cosmic timing. Things align up in a certain way that say, okay, now it's time for you to have this sort of, uh, opening, this sort of, uh, awakening, uh, this sort of collapsing of a, a sense of self and a replacing of that sense of self with a new, a new sense of self. And, um, you know, again, that's no, no mistake whether, whether it's happening, you know, whether it's happening because you did Kundalini yoga or whether it's happening because you, you know, had some strange experience getting sick or, or something like that. It's, you know, I'd say with, on some level, it's not a mistake. And so there's a cosmic timing piece to that or a spontaneous, you know, a spontaneous, um, awakening. And those, these spont, these, uh, Kundalini awakenings, whatever, uh, however they occur, um, you know, they can have a variety of interesting symptoms that go along with them. There's some, can be some uncomfortable things that I would call sort of contractive in nature. And there can be some, you know, interesting or cool ones that people might be drawn to, which are more expansive in nature. Uh, and so as far as the uncomfortable ones, 
you know, there, you know, people have trouble sleeping. There are emotional disturbances, feeling angry or sad or, you know, intense emotional disturbances, feeling overwhelmed by anger or sadness or grief or shame or, or fear, of course. Um, there's also, it can be all sorts of strange physical, uh, symptoms, strange sensations in the body. That might be something that often leads people to call it a Kundalini awakening because it feels like, you know, energy is like moving in a certain part of the body, knocking at a certain part or pressure in a certain part of the body or a flow of energy moving through a certain part of the, the body. And then, um, you know, I see in my practice here, often there are, again, associated with awakening in general, but, you know, kundalini awakening falls under that category. People can experience what I call sort of like mystery conditions. There are these, you know, certain conditions, syndromes, diseases, illnesses that people experience that are kind of uh, a mystery to medical science, like um, uh mono or chronic fatigue or autoimmune stuff or fibromyalgia or um uh, interestingly a one that i run into a lot is lyme disease lyme disease of course it's like associated with uh you know a tick bite and associated with all an array of bacteria or parasites or things that are sort of infecting the body so it seems like there's a there is a, um, you know, easy physical sort of explanation for that, which are these little critters that infect our bodies. But again, time and time again, I see that in people who, you know, people are talking about Kundalini awakening, having had a Kundalini experience, and they have some chronic or strange mystery condition and Lyme disease is one of those. In fact, um, my wife, uh, she had a, a Kundalini awakening, you know, when she was a young woman. And in addition to a lot of the cool, uh, expansive, you know, experiences or symptoms that I'll talk about next here, she, uh, experienced a lot of the uncomfortable ones that I'm talking about as well. Trouble sleeping, emotional disturbances, strange sensations in the body. Uh, but she also ended up getting Lyme disease and the Lyme disease was sort of a whole journey of awakening for her, like healing. She, she's like completely healed her Lyme disease, but along the way, you know, there was a whole journey that that, uh, kicked off that involved other things, other healing on other levels than just, you know, ridding your body of the, of the, uh, microbes. But she experienced, again, some of the other cool things, uh, you know, psychic experiences. She said that she was on, uh, on the subway and, you know, she could, she could know what everyone was thinking and feeling. So like psychic phenomenon, ESP, things like that, you know, uh, far out sort of like synchronicities, um, feelings of spaciousness or bliss or, you know, profound joy or peace. Uh, those can also be things that, you know, happen as a result of Kundalini awakening, but again, uh, can be as a result of awakening, um, in general. 
So now we get to the part about uh, how to ground out, especially, you know, especially if people are, are experiencing the uncomfortable symptoms. It's usually when they're experiencing the uncomfortable symptoms that they're looking for help. Uh, and um, grounding out Kundalini energy is the solution to that. Uh, just the other day, and it's part of the reason why I'm making this video, but the other day I saw someone on Facebook here in the area and they were you know, they had been at a kundalini uh, yoga class or something, and they'd had this, you know, intense awakening experience. Uh, they left and they felt like they were floating and, uh, you know, really expansive. Um, she, she commented that it was like she was uh, tripping on acid or something, you know. Uh, but then, you know, had trouble sleeping and, um, un and, you know, not being able to focus and, and she was soon to uh, start a program here at Naropa, Naropa University. It's a, how do I explain it? Uh, uh, it's a, it's like get your master's in divinity or get your master's in contemplative, um, cont you know, it's the therapists, therapists, counselors, therapists go to Naropa. It was started by, um, a, uh, uh, Tibetan, you know, Tibetan, uh, master Trumpa Rinpoche, you know, so, you know, it makes what I think is interesting. Maybe it's no mistake. Again, it isn't a mistake, but it's not a mistake, but you know, no coincidence that she was about to start this program. And here she has this Kundalini awakening. Cause if these program at this Naropa, you know, in you're doing, you're learning to help other people navigate, their psychological uh, well-being and in the process you do a lot of personal work yourself so it's, it sounds like it's a really intense program that way and doing your own personal work and so here she was about to enter a program like that and she had this kundalini awakening and anyway i you know tend to think that that's not that you know it's not a mistake um but she saw it as a, a problem because it was like, I can't sleep. I can't focus here. I am, you know, going to have to do this intense program and I can't sleep and I can't focus like this isn't going to work. So she was looking for, you know, you know, what's going to make this stuff go away. What's going to make these symptoms go away. Is it plant medicine? Is it, you know, essential oils? Is it CBD? You know, like what, you know, what can help me alleviate these symptoms? And, therein lies the problem which is the same problem that anyone who's having any kind of an awakening experience uh, might encounter which is we see it as a problem um, you know again there's a sense of self that's falling away an identity that's falling away life is is nudging us towards our evolution and in this case life is kind of like you know shoved us off the cliff we're we're due to we're expected to we're being prompted to do a big piece of you know a big a bigger awakening a bigger opening and and um and so it's about our, our about our evolution and uh you know the where our evolution is concerned you know there's a way in which we are there's a way in which the universe is expanding and evolving and we are sort of um we are embedded in the fabric of life. And so we are, you know, subject to that, that continual sort of evolution that's happening in the universe. And we are constant, life is constantly prompting us to evolve and change 
And so there's actually no, you know, there's no kind of moving backward. It's only moving forward. And certainly with a Kundalini awakening or any sort of intense awakening, it's kind of like the genie's out of the bottle and there's no putting the genie back in the bottle. Um, the only, the only thing to do is to, um, go towards what's happening and sort of trust that life has a plan and that life is prompting us, you know, giving us an opportunity to do a, a chunk of work and wake up on a, on a, a larger scale and to go towards that. Um, uh, yeah, to go towards that. And so, I guess the, the thing that to do, first of all, the way to ground your experience is to sort of like have that perspective, which is, you know, um, life saw fit to create this opening for us and uh, our bodies and our life are not screwing with us, that life is actually holding us, that this thing that happened is, it's not a mistake. It's not something that went wrong. It's something that's going right. You know, it's just, albeit uncomfortable and inconvenient for our old life, which makes sense because there's, uh, you know, an old part of us, an old sense of self falling away. That's going to be replaced by a new, you know, sense of self that is more in alignment with our, you know, a fuller expression of who we, of who we actually are and would, will involve probably, you know, some level of, again, integrating our soul's gifts and sharing those gifts on the planet. Life is kind of nudging us in that direction. And so, um, you know, there's no, there's no going back. Uh, and it's not a mistake. It's not a problem. Uh, so it would be important to sort of hold that perspective and that life is holding us, you know, life is not messing with us. So again, that perspective is like, okay, now what do I do? Well, um, again, the solution is to trust what's happening, trust the sensations, trust the experiences consequently. And, you know, um, and the way that we trust those things is to bring our attention to the sensations in our body. Uh, you know, since the, uh, since the thought pathway is pretty strong in adult humans, we have this Kundalini awakening and all this energy gets freed up and this, the, the mental pathway is, you know, more open, you know, it's all going to start to squirt into the mental pathway and we're going to sort of perseverate and focus on, you know, how do I get rid of these symptoms? What do I do? What does this mean? This is scary. What, how, you know, if I think, uh, we'll be lost in, in thought, but you know, where a consciousness awakening is happening, that's sort of beyond thought. That's more, um, you know, about direct experience and we will not be able to sort of sort it out in our thoughts. We'll not, we will not be able to sort of think our way out of this problem. The only way to, um, the only solution is to have a direct experience and go towards the experience that we are having. Um, and the way that we do that is to, uh, anchor our attention in our bodies, anchor our attention to the sensations in our bodies. So if, you know, there are physical symptoms that are uncomfortable that go along with this thing, uh, pain or tension or whatever strange sensations that are uncomfortable, you know, bring our attention to that. Where is it exactly in our body? What are the, 
boundaries like? Are they clearly defined or is it fuzzy? Does it have shape or volume? Is there color or texture involved? Is there movement involved? Is it stabbing? Is it spreading? Is it gripping? Is it, you know, is there some sort of movement involved and let it do the movement that it wants to do? Uh, likewise, if it's emotional stuff, uh, often people don't realize that emotions have a sensational flavor in the body as well. So same goes for that. Like what is the flavor of that fear? What is the flavor of that anger or that grief or whatever it is that's happening in the body? Where is it exactly? What are the boundaries like? What is it, you know, is it have color or texture or maybe it has some sort of, uh, you know, maybe it's burning or maybe it's, uh, maybe it's cold, you know, maybe it has characteristics like that. Is it moving? Is it flowing? Uh, things like that. So those are, are ways to bring your attention to your body. And, and so it kind of, you know, it, it goes counterintuitive to, again, this thing wants to squirt into our thoughts and we want to sort of like figure it out through our thoughts. And we tend to not believe that, oh, by bringing my attention to this and just doing that, like something's going to happen. But every nanosecond that we're letting our attention rest on the sensations in our body, we are sort of integrating this energy and we're extracting the wisdom from it and integrating it. There's a sort of two forces involved. There's a force where our sort of spiritual force that kind of is, you know, coming from above. And then there's this, you know, biological force that is coming from the earth and the sort of the integrating of those two forces is what, you know, kind of is where our evolution comes from and bringing our, and it happens in the body. And so bringing our attention to the sensations in our body sort of anchors us in our bodies and also sort of lubricates and speeds up this process of, of, uh, integration. So, I think that's about it. Uh, just to kind of recap again, just a reminder, this is, you know, it's about your evolution. Life saw fit to create this opening in your body and your life and to further your evolution. And, you know, life and our bodies are not messing with us. They're holding us and uh, have our best interest in mind and to bring your attention to the sensations in your body to help ground out that uh, Kundalini energy and extract the wisdom from it and integrate it you know, as a way of sort of moving towards what's happening as a way of, and as opposed to like bracing yourself against it and trying not to let it happen. The more you try not to let it happen, actually, the more probably painful it's going to be, you know, because it's a strong force. Um, okay. So if you found this interesting, please smash the like button. Please uh, share this with anyone that you, that might you know, be struggling with Kundalini energy or any sort of awakening and uh, subscribe to my channel. And, um, I look forward to seeing you in the next video and I look forward to helping you express more life. Have a great day. Thank you for listening to the BioSoul Integration Podcast. This episode originally aired as a video on my BioSoul Integration YouTube channel. You can also find me on the web at BioSoulIntegration.com. Thanks for listening and I look forward to helping you express more life. Have a great day.